go to heaven shouting. I guarantee you we're going to be having a big fade old door that day, huh? For sure, yeah. There are going to be a whole lot of others that are going somewhere else, and they're going to be shouting too. They're going to be going, oh, no, this can't be. Hold it. Time out. Let's have a mulligan, a do-over. I ain't ready for this. But I want you to know one thing. I preached a sermon 40 years ago. I very seldom title a sermon, but I remember 40 years ago I preached a sermon titled, Ready or Not, Here I Come. I want you to know there's an appointed time. No man knows the day nor the hour, but the Lord. But one day, the trump of God will shout, Whoo, come on, Jesus. Good things are going to start happening for those that love him. And for them that don't love him and don't know him, you think life been hell? Hmm. You figuring to find out what hell's really about. It ain't just a word and a joke. It ain't just a slang word. It's a literal place that's a pain and suffering and torment forever. There ain't no recess. There ain't no graduating to the next year. It's perpetual. Over and over and over. And that's why the Lord admonishes us right here, right now on this earth in present day life to make your calling and election sure. If you ain't sure, do you realize you're gambling with your life? You're playing with your life eternally. Hey, you might can take a little torment for five years. You might can take a little suffering for ten years. I just got through suffering for four years with a shoulder. I got four years of sleeping to catch up on because I ain't been getting no sleep. <laughs> but I'm trying to tell you, God has not prepared hell for us to go to. He don't want us to. Do you know that it's his... A lot of people just believe that whatever God wants, he gets. And it ain't that way. I'll back it up scripturally. Don't take my word. Jesus talking, he says, I would that none should perish. In other words, he's saying, I don't want anybody to go to hell. I would that none should perish, but that all should pass from death unto life. But unfortunately, he knows that being the all-knowing God that he is, he knows that there is a narrow gate that leads to life and there's few that enter in. There's a broad gate. Wide is the way that leads to destruction and many there be that find it. Open range. I want to be a consistent voice to challenge you to look in the mirror, spiritually speaking, and evaluate where you stand personally with Jesus Christ. I want you to get to the place that you're his sheep that know his voice. I want you to get to that place that you understand the prompting or the nudging of the Holy Spirit, the discernment of the Spirit. I want you to have that intimacy with God that where scripture says my sheep know my voice. And another they'll not follow. I talk to a lot of friends of mine that talk about, say, man, this is just, God just don't talk to me like he does you. I say, yeah, he does. You just hadn't learned that that's his voice yet. You think it's just a good thought you're having or you think it's just a, something of that nature. But I promise you, when you spend enough time in communication with God, you'll learn his voice. You'll learn his voice. This thing is not complicated. It's... 
It's difficult to do sometimes. But the plan of God is simple. Linda King, does the Lord still heal? Yes, he Come on, girl. Quick. Give me a microphone. I want you to hear this. Do I need to turn it on or is it on? Now don't preach. Just tell them a testimony. Okay. <laughs> I went to the doctor and they did an MRI and I had six discs that were just crushed and I had bone spurs up and down my whole spine and I was like this. I was scared to move. The pain was so bad. So I have this little 12-year-old boy that lives down the street from me. Living on pain pills. Yeah. <laughs> and I had pain pills and muscle relaxers and I don't like to take that stuff but I hurt so bad I had to take some of them so this little boy came to my house and I had taken him under my wing because he had some brothers that wouldn't do right and he said Miss Linda he said I have never seen you having to walk like you're doing and in the pain you're in. You're always busy doing, doing for everybody, you know. And I said, yeah, I know it, Jaden. And he said, Miss Linda, and he had told me all the time that he wanted to be a preacher. And then he had told me that he was at a nursing home and he prayed for this woman, and she got up. He told her to get up and walk. She was in a wheelchair. Twelve years old. And uh, so I guess I was kind of like Doubton Thomas because of his age. And I said, well, now, Jason, Miss Linda don't want to do or say anything that's going to hurt your feelings. But I said, be sure that you're telling it like it really is. Because I said, you do not go against or say things that's not true and including the Lord. And I, I said, I just want you to remember that. Well, he came to my house and he said, Miss Linda said, I've had you on my mind. And he said, I just can't stand seeing you like that. said, would you mind me praying for you? And I said, well, no, Jaden. I said, Miss Linda, sure don't mind you praying for me. So he put his little hands on me and started praying. And it was the most beautiful prayer that you could ever hear. And he just asked God to heal me that I didn't need to be in the shape I was in, that he please heal me. Well... Jaden left and I got up and was doing around there in the house kind of like Brother Dennis with his shoulder and I thought hmm yeah yeah I, I'm walking better and so I just looked up and I said well thank you God I haven't had the first pain pill I haven't had no kind of medicine. I have not hurt, not one pain ever since that happened. And I told God, I said, well, God, if you 
One comes in here and he's six years old. I'm going to believe it. <laughs> amen, amen, amen. All right, all you cowboys that may not know it, that's Eddie Ray Scoggins' sister, but don't hold that against her. <laughs> well, I want to read to you a passage of Scripture. I'm probably not going to speak over seven or eight minutes tonight, but this is what God's put in my heart. You receive it, you apply it to your lives. Because the devil has not, I mean the Lord has not intended for you to be a victim. The Lord intends for you to be an overcomer. I can't get it, I don't feel sometimes as though I can adequately challenge you or charge you to fight the fight of faith. The way that I want to without sounding rough or hard or condescending or any of those things. But I want to admonish you, body of Christ, army of God. I want to challenge you to rise up and to be that force in the land that God has called us to be. Yes, the word of God is true and it says that in the last days perilous times shall come. It talks about while we're in this world we'll have tribulations. We're going to have difficulties, trials, tests, problems. We're going to have circumstances arise that are bumps in the road, so to speak. And in, in some of our lives they're potholes. And they catch us seemingly unaware. They come out of nowhere and unexpected. And, and uh, what do we do? How do we respond? Where do we go? I want to read from you. I'm going to read first from Philippians 6 and 10. Then I'm going to flip over to 2 Corinthians. And So 6 and 10 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles, that's the traps and the tricks, of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, don't miss this, folks. This is, this is foundational to your understanding how to fight the fight of faith. For you to understand the realm in which you have to do battle. You've got to understand it just like it's written. And I'm going to reread verse 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Man... Humanity is not our enemy. But against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness. That's a lot of them. In the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all power and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful, to this end, with all perseverance and supplication for the saints. We don't like words like perseverance. We don't like words like enduring. We don't like words like fighting. 
But I want you to know it's a, it's a necessity in the kingdom of God. Second Corinthians 10 verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, not flesh and blood. But mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. That's fortresses and defenses. Verse 5. Casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. I want to talk to you for just a few moments. We always look at Ephesians and we talk about the armor of God. And, and absolutely it's a necessity that we have it. But if you really study that, most of those, that armor is to protect you. The sword of the spirit is the only offensive weapon that is really listed there. But I want you to understand, God has given us a lot. More than ample offensive weapons to accomplish victory in this journey of life in the obstacles and battles that we'll have. And I want to share with you just a few of them and it's not going to take long. First and foremost, he's given us his name. The name Jesus that's above every other name. It's above every sickness, every disease. It's above every lack, every need, every infirmity. The name of Jesus is the name that demons hear and tremble at. I want you to understand that there's no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. I want you to begin to understand and embrace the power that's in the name of Jesus. I want you to begin to understand the power that's in the name of of Jesus. Amen. This is about not about doctrinal dogma. This is not about denominational bylaws and constitutions. The name of Jesus, the Word of God, trumps all of that. Now you've got to have organization, I realize that, because God's not the author of confusion. And there has to be a structure, and there has to be an accountability chain, so to speak, from which we live, walk, and govern. But I want you to begin to understand something. There's power in the name of Jesus. I want to encourage you in something. I've done this before in times past. I hear so many people oftentimes say, we ask this in your name. Amen. Speak the name. Now the Lord knows what you're in reference to, but it's important for you to say, we ask this in the name of Jesus, because then the demons hear, then the devil hears, then you hear. You are verbalizing, you're the authority. God has given us authority in that name. We'll cast out demons in that name. We'll lay hands on the sick in that name. What name? The name of Jesus. I've shared with you before, and true it is, probably the first sermon I ever remember God giving me. 
40 plus years ago. He gave me the entire Bible in five two-worded statements. Lock the doors, usher. It's going to be a while. <laughs> Stop and think about this for just a minute. The entire Old Testament, all the many miracles there, the parting of the Red Sea, Daniel in the lion's den, etc., etc., etc. What's the common theme of the Old Testament? He comes. Prophesying the coming of a Messiah, the anointed one, the Savior of the world. He comes. The four Gospels all talk about the virgin birth. But they all spend more time vividly depicting he dies. The book of Acts, he lives. The epistles, he saves. Revelations, he reigns. He rules. He's in control. He who? Jesus. Everywhere you look in this Bible from cover to cover, if you don't see Jesus, you've missed the message. It's all about him. Yes. At least it better be. Because that's who the book's about. Amen. So his name. And let me just say this. You don't just run around flippantly using his name. In Acts, I believe, chapter 19. You'll go read the story and the account of uh, the seven sons of Sceva. They'd heard Paul... Casting out demons. And they'd seen where just when he walked by. People would be healed. His shadow would touch them. And saw many wonderful powerful miracles take place. So they thought. We can do this. So they went down. Read the story. You don't have to take my word. These seven boys went down there. And they're going to cast this demon spirit out of this guy. And as Ron Hollingsworth. A friend of mine would say. He said. That spirit come out of that sucker. And jumped on them. He knocked them naked and hid their clothes. Because <laughs> the word says they run out of the house naked, bruised, and beat up. I want you to understand something. Playing the game of Christianity and trying to invoke the name of Jesus will get you in a bind. It'll get you in a trouble spot. Because I want you to understand, like, like in that story, the, demons, the devil says, Paul we know, and Jesus we know. But who are you? That's right. That's right. Who are you? You see, we can't be counterfeits. We can't be the great pretender and live and walk in power and victory. We got to sell it all out to Him. We got to give it all to Jesus. All to Him, my blessed Savior. Give it to Him. And watch what He'll do with what you got. He'll do far more than what you can do with it. Secondly, I want to give you another weapon that he's given us. He's given us his blood. Not only does his blood cleanse us of our sins and make us white as snow, but did you know that the blood is a weapon? In the sense that, you remember how when the Passover, uh, when they put the blood over the doorpost of the home so the death angels would pass by. When they saw the blood, 
They went on by. I want you to understand something. There's power when you pray and plead the blood of Jesus over your home, over your business, over your children, over your finances. Now, I'm talking to you if you're in right relationship with the Lord. If you're walking with him, you've got authority when you pray and plead his blood over your stuff. From protection, from destruction. I want you to understand that the blood of Jesus is a weapon to us. Thirdly, the word. He's given us the word. These are all offensive weapons that God has given us to go on the attack, to go on the assault. Don't wait to be bombarded by the enemies of hell. Go after them. When they first stick their head up, go to them. You know, a lot of you watch football. I know that. I'm one of you. <laughs> and I coached football for a lot of years. And, you know, occasionally you'll play a team that they have a defensive guy that he just messes things up. <laughs> he just blows up all your plays. And you know what they've discovered? If you run plays right at them, right at that guy, you got a better chance of success than trying to go around him or over him. Same thing with the devil. When he sticks his little head up, don't you run from him. You attack. You go to him and say, let me tell you something, big boy. Like David told Goliath, you come to me with spear and a sword, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. I come to you with the word of God. I come to you with the blood of the Lamb applied to my life. And I'm taking authority and dominion over you and over all the imps of your hell. And I, I, I'm, I'm doing that. And I'm using the word of God. To cause victory to come about. Amen. You remember this? The word says that heaven and earth will pass away. But my word endures forever. God speaks very highly. And thinks very highly of his word. Yes, he, he says some this about it. He says. My word. Will accomplish. What I've sent it to do. Yes, the Lord watches over his word. To perform it. The word of God is a weapon that you need to arm yourself with. You need to ingest it and digest it so that you can use it in your spiritual gun when those times come. Just like Jesus in the wilderness. Uh, when the devil would come, what would Jesus do? He'd speak the word. And that's what you've got to be able to do. Fourthly, the Holy Spirit. He's given us his Holy Spirit. The Holy Ghost. Same thing. Again, don't be afraid of terminology. He said that you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. He doesn't want us to be weak and anemic. He wants to be, us to be full of his spirit and of his power to go forth. Almost hunting up demons. You missed that. Almost hunting up demons. You know... When you're full of the Spirit of God and you're convinced the Lord never leaves you Amen. and He never forsakes you and you're convinced that you're the baddest cat on the block because of who's in you. Greater is He that's in me than he that is in the world. You remember one of my favorite lines of a song, show you how old, I'm, how old I am. One of my favorite lines of a movie, I meant to say, is Billy Jack. Years ago, yes. them bikers was going to jump on him. Yes. He just calm as he can be. And yes. 
He said, you know, guys, I'm going to take this right foot and I'm going to put it in your left ear and there ain't a thing you can do about it. (laughs) You see, that's the confidence that we have to have in the spirit and the power and the might of God that indwells in us that no matter what the devil arises with, no matter what attack he comes with, that there shall be no weapon formed against me that can prosper. Because the Lord is faithful. Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. This mountain will be removed. You know, that's something. How many of you remember that song, This Mountain Shall Be Removed? Did you know God didn't intend for Christians to be mountain climbers? He's intended for us to be mountain movers. He's told us to speak to the mountain. Which brings me to a great point. And that that goes back to the word we talked about a minute ago. Speaking. Being full of the Spirit. See, if you're full of the Spirit, being led by the Spirit, have discernment of the Spirit, you're walking in the Spirit, you discern. Ecclesiastes 3, you know, there's a time for all things. There's a time to laugh, time to cry, time to embrace, time to refrain from, time to speak, time to be quiet. There will be a time to speak and to pray and command and demand. And then there will be a time to just watch God work. See, it ain't you that's in charge. If you'll let the Lord be in charge, you'll see great things happen. And lastly, and I'll close, did you know that your praise is a weapon? You say, how is praise a weapon? Well, first and foremost, when we praise the Lord, He inhabits those praises. He's presence in the middle. He's present in the middle of our praise. But even more so than that, if you'll remember and go back and study story and account after time after time after time, how the worshipers and the praisers would go out before the soldiers into battle and when they would sing and shout and the walls of Jericho would fall or that God would take that praise and he would cause confusion in the enemy's camp and they'd turn on one another and they'd destroy one another. I promise you when you're going through the middle of something and worldly people see you praising God, you're going to impact them. You're going to impact them. But I want you to know there's something else that your praise does in the middle of your adversity. If you're praising God and worshiping, you know, when you praise, it's a declaration of his greatness, his power, his might, his victories, his faithfulness, his goodness. That's a proclamation and you're hearing that and that's generating, it's going in your ear and it's generating faith in you. So it's helping your faith to arise to be able to combat the situation that you're in. So sing forth your praises, declare the praises for God of things that even before you see it, Begin to praise him. Praise him for the deliverance. Praise him for the healing. Praise him for the restoration of that relationship. Praise him for deliverance from that ball and chain of an addiction. Or praise him for whatever it is that you need him in your life to do because praise is a weapon. And I want to admonish you to do that. Bow your heads very quickly. I'm done. It's quite a simple message here tonight. And I just want to ask this question. Maybe you're here tonight and you're a child of God. You just say, Dennis, I never thought about those things as weapons available to my disposal. Can I see your hand? Yes, yes. Put it down. 
Now this is what the Lord specifically has dealt with me prior to service about. There are some of you here tonight. You're saved. And you're on your way to heaven. But you're living a living hell from this standpoint. You have allowed the devil to create such fear in your life. It seems like you're almost afraid of everything. God has not given us a spirit of fear. But of power. And of love. And of a sound mind. But there are some of you here tonight. You're, you're not enjoying the peace of God. And walking in the might and the victory of God. Because you're giving more relevance to the fear. And the anxiety that you're allowing the devil to torment your mind with. That's not of God. God has got a peace. And perfect peace casts out all fear. This is what the Lord has laid on my heart to do tonight. If you're struggling with living in fear. There's a lot of different types of fear. And fear of a lot of different things. Could I see your hand real quickly? Yes, 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 yes. Keep it up there for just a minute. No one's looking around. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the obedience of these men and women that are saying, I'm saved, but I'm not walking in the peace of God and the victory that he's caused, wanted me to be in because I, I fear. Lord, I pray tonight that you would help them as we read this passage of Scripture a while ago to bring captive every thought. Begin to bring captive those thoughts and begin to realize that this is not the way you want them to live. That they'll make a conscious, on-purpose choice and decision tonight to begin to trust you with all their heart and to lean not to their own understanding. Lord, that tonight they will once again walk in that nearness to you that in your presence there's such joy and peace help that warrior to rise up within them that they might fight the good fight of faith and that they might walk in victory and we come against that stronghold that the devil has placed upon them. And we bind fear in the name of Jesus. We take authority and dominion over that. And Lord, we ask you tonight to set them free. We'll be sure to say thank you. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. You can put your hands down. I won't just say happy Valentine's Day to you. Y'all might ought to say a special prayer for me. Because if y'all could read that card my wife sent me. <laughs> Still a little fire in the furnace, ain't it, baby? Come on. <laughs>